0: Thank you. Welcome back to the Metropolitan Culture Corner, where once a month, we have the opportunity to hear from a notable local figure in the world of art and culture. The folks we profile on this monthly interview series are always people who've made a significant mark on the arts and culture scene of our lovely town. This month, we go behind the scenes with luthier Alex Alonso. He is the founder of DHR Custom Guitars, which is a small company located in Prat de Llobregat, which is right next to Barcelona. A luthier is someone who makes and repairs stringed instruments. The word luthier comes from the word lute. Alex and DHR specialize in adjustments, maintenance, modification, and repairs of guitar and bass instruments, both electric and acoustic. DHR also makes its own custom guitars, which is so cool. I mean, just imagine being able to take a few pieces of wood and metal and with the right tools, patience, and some time, make an actual instrument from scratch. I mean, it's magical. DHR, which started in 2013, is known for taking really good care of their customers and for personalizing the work they do so that the instrument is configured precisely to the needs of each player with no surprises. For that reason, their client list includes everyone from amateur players to high-end instrument collectors and from established artists to famous producers. Please welcome Alex Alonso from DHR Custom Guitars to this month's installment of the Metropolitan Culture Corner.
1: is not the work best paid, but it's my job and it's the job I I choose and I'm proud, I'm proud of it. With all the difficulties, with all the headaches it provokes to me, but it's nice. I encourage to everybody to go for your dreams and not to wait that a big company to save your life and offer you the job of your life. Before this, I worked in a lot of jobs, in construction, in technologies, waiters, <laughs> in bars, but no one of these jobs is nicer than work in that thing that makes you feel useful and makes you feel as you are doing something for people. At the end 80% of my work is solve the problems of the musicians with its instruments, no? And help help people to play better. It's nice. Welcome. Thank you.
0: So before you were a luthier, you started out as a musician. How did you begin playing music in the first place?
1: I began to play guitar when I was 13 or 14 at home and I started to play electric guitar about 16 more or less. At the end of 90s, I met some guys who have a band, Red Room, like the Forbidden Room of The Shine. no. And I start to play with the... We play in bars, local fiestas, in El Prat, Hospitalet. In these years, I played every day. Every day we went to our rehearsal space and we were all days there. I didn't know that the guitar needs a maintenance, is correct? It's not like when you buy a car, they explain you, you have to bring the car to the mechanic periodically, you know. But with the guitar, you don't know this and playing every day, Two years later, more or less, my guitar was absolutely in very bad condition to play. No. This moment I get the conscience of the the guitar needs some maintenance and some care. I always was very manitas. I like to repair things, to disassemble and dismount everything that not works, you no, know, and try to repair and, and to give life. Again, I started in this moment about the year 2000, more or less, to take care of my guitar and I discovered a passion. It was very fun for me you know, get my instrument in a good condition, in the way that is more comfortable for me to play. It was my beginning.
0: Did you have a teacher or a mentor, somebody who helped show you how to maintain and repair guitars, or did you just figure it out on your
1: own? 19% at my own. There is a lot of information in, in internet. You have to know how to filter this information because writing in internet is free and everybody can do it. There are a lot of forums in USA. The little English I know is from this. There are some very interesting books, always in English, always from United States because the electric in United States is, is folklore, it's natural there, no? I started to buy all the instruments, broken instruments, cheap, and repair. I do a lot of experiments, <laughs> changing frets, changing pickups, electronics, cutting here, gluing there. With the years, some friends start to trust me their instruments and more or less, at the end of 2013, some friends encouraged me to, to get paid for these works. At the end of 2013, I create DHR, my workshop in a room at home. And this is the beginning of, of my workshop.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's very cool that we get to see where you work. What did that feel like the first time you had a real paying client who said, here's some money, fix my instrument? Were you nervous?
1: No, nervous, no. I was in panic, absolutely. <laughs> I remember it was a, a Tokai Love Rock, the version of the Les Paul of Tokai. It was a very expensive guitar. The client or the customer bring me two pickups. Kinman, very expensive, was our responsibility to, to do my My best was exciting. I was very happy too, but it was a responsibility. Yeah, yeah.
0: For people who don't know what goes on in your workshop every day or who aren't musicians or aren't familiar with what you do, what is an average day like in your workshop? I
1: came to the workshop early that the opening hour to do some things in a quiet environment without the phone ringing and without have to answer and organize a little the day. At 10 o'clock, more or less, usually there is people here, some customer, bring in an instrument, I explain to the client what the instrument needs to be played in the way he wants to play. All the day is 50-50 more or less, sending in clients, phone, mails, WhatsApp, and people who, who came here. And the other part of the day I in the workshop fixing instruments, adjusting, doing setups, changing strings only sometimes. Sometimes, a lot of times, I have to find a way to solve some problem that I never faced before, and I have to ask some colleague or to look in internet information, finding spare parts to replace some broken part in an instrument. It's a lot of attending people my day, not only working with tools in my hands.
0: What are the most common customizations people ask for? And also, what is one of the strangest things that anybody has ever brought to you?
1: I don't remember any special weird thing that some client asked me for, but sometimes my work is more psychologist. It's impossible to do this thing with this kind of guitar, no? And sometimes people ask me for things that are impossible to do with this kind of instrument. And I have to explain it to change his mind, no? Or her mind. And sometimes it's the But the main thing that people ask me for is to make of their instrument. Guitars who have been played for three, four years without any setup and any care. These kind of words are nice too, because it's nice to return the instrument to the customer and see his face of is my guitar really? No?
0: if someone doesn't play an instrument they may not know what a setup is so what does that mean exactly
1: an instrument is usually made of wood no and in some way is alive is sensible to the changing of weather humidity is always in vibration be writing no with the playing with the time it moves the metallic parts get rusting the finish get worn and The frets get worn too and sometimes it can reach a situation where it's impossible to play with a good sound. The electric guitar and the electric bass have a lot of adjusting points. Adjusting the instrument is to correct all these setup points to return the instrument to a good point of playability.
0: Like you said, like a car, you have to make sure the engine is working, but being able to do all of these pretty amazing things, like knowing by looking at an instrument, what it needs, adjusting it, still it's a very big step to go from fixing an instrument, from replacing a broken piece to creating an instrument from scratch. So when did you make your first guitar and what is the process is like?
1: The first guitar I made was uh, a lot of time ago. When it's for me, the process is is nice, but but not so nice as when you make a guitar for a client, because when you make a guitar for a client, you write all the specifications the client want, the shape, the scale length, the kind of threads, and get a piece of wood, start to work it. And I always send photos of the process to the client, and I have a constant feedback with him. And when at the end you have a new guitar, you have something physical at your hands that only was in the mind of the client. And when you give it to him, it's a nice moment, It's very nice.
0: Do you feel like it's like your baby? You made yeah,
1: your yeah. I feel like it's our baby. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet.
1: And it's very nice too when two years later they bring back to you the guitar to make a revision and a new setup and to change the strings, etc. It's a relationship very personal with the customer.
0: How long does it take to make an instrument?
1: Depending on the instrument, if it's a standard instrument, like a Telecaster or Stratocaster, it's easier to do it because it's easier to find templates, blueprints. The pieces you have to install in the guitar are more standard. It's cheaper and faster to do it. But if the guitar needs a different scale length, non-standard, or something like this is more difficult, is more slowly and a little more complicated. In the worst case, I can spend between five, eight months.
0: It is like a baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a baby.
0: <laughs> I read on your website that it says mm-hmm. you work with transparency and without surprises. What does that mean for your clients? What kind of surprises would there be when you take your instrument to a luthier?
1: Well, sadly, it's usual to bring your guitar to a luthier or a guitar tech. And when you get back your guitar, the guitar tech do things that you didn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it's disappointing this no? uh, because it's your instrument you have a relationship uh, emotional sometimes with your instrument no? all the things i do in an instrument i do always asking first to the client if you bring your guitar to me to do a change of strings for example but when i'm changing the strings of your guitar i see something that have to be repaired. I always call the client, I record a video and send him by WhatsApp or something like this. I propose solutions and always is the client who decides that I do in her instrument.
0: No. Is it difficult to make a living as a luthier in Barcelona? Well, in the Prat, in the Barcelona area. It's more or less...
1: No, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not a work that made a lot of money, like a doctor or a dentist. Well, okay? you
0: look a little bit like a dentist with all these tools behind you, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a customer is a guy of years soul. I can charge a hundred euros for doing things because he can pay. And there is some people who do this work illegally, no? In, in black, cheaper than, than a person who have to pay taxes and who have his business, legally, no? Mm-hmm. It's difficult to find the way to have competitive prices in the market, to pay your taxes and to fill the fridge. <laughs> it's not easy. Sometimes I think that I don't try the correct job. <laughs> because it's not easy. It's very romantic. It's very emotional. You meet a lot of interesting people, but it's not easy, like a musician. I live from the musicians, imagine. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good point. It must not be an easy job then. So that's the difficult part, the economic side of it, as well as, of course, factura as and accounting. What is the thing that you love the most about your job? What's the best part?
1: It's true, as you say, that my profession, my job, is guitar tech. But when you work background, you have to do two jobs. To profession, economist, and your own profession, no, It's the worst of work by yourself. The best, the most I like is, as I told you, when you return an old instrument repaired or restored to a client and his, his face, no, is very nice. It's very nice when you made a quotation at the beginning and he or she said, "Oh, it's expensive," no, and when get back his instrument, he say. It's not expensive, no. Uh, it's a just price, no. It's a good price. Or when you give a new guitar, it's a very nice moment to to see forty years old men with baby face.
0: Oh, my guitar! No,
1: it's very nice.
0: You also offer workshops to train people who want to learn to make their own repairs. You appraise vintage instruments. How do you know how to teach these things, as well as how do you know how to accurately appraise vintage pieces? That's very different from being able to fix
1: or build an instrument. I teach taller in Spanish. I made workshops with a few people here in my workshop. I explained them all the points of adjustment, how every point works when you made with a tool to the right or to the left, the which are the range of the range of possibilities of adjusting. And we practice here with the instruments of the students. At the end of the workshop they know how made the evaluation of an instrument. When the workshop finished, they have the ability to see an instrument and evaluate the condition of this instrument. Because if you don't have this knowledge, you don't know if the instrument is fine or is bad, no? You play it and this is it. But when you have this knowledge, you can modify the step points to get the instrument to a good point of reliability. About the vintage instruments, it's not easy. The main thing is no to recognize when an instrument is fake. There is a lot of limitations. If you don't have some knowledge, it's easy to buy an instrument that is not the real thing. It's not easy to decide the price of an instrument. If you don't know where to find the information? The serial numbers, years of production. Know which years were the good production years of of some luthier or factory, no, as Fender or Gibson. It's not the same as Les Paul of 1987 or 1992. No, if you find a 59 Les Paul, is It's a Diamond, a 59 Les Paul, or 65 Stratocaster, El Santo Grial, no? (laughs)
0: The Holy Grail, (laughs) yes. you have a guitar behind you right now and all these tools and things so what are you working on right now are you constructing any guitars or is that a guitar you're fixing or what's going on back there
1: I'm making two guitars now two Telecasters Telecaster based guitars but are getting painted both guitars I think that next week I'll have the necks and the bodies painted I have all the hardware the pickups and only need record recover the bodies and the necks to start mounting and adjusting to if all goes right at the end of next week I will be finishing these two works. Now I'm doing some setups and some maintenance in Guitars customers and I'm finishing the new web on the internet.
0: Like you said, two jobs, right? You make the guitars, you fix the guitars, and then you have the website and business part of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: I'm really happy that we got a chance to talk to you and also especially in your workshop because in the world of art and music and culture, there's all these really interesting people who do jobs that people have no idea about. The guitar player or the band or someone sees on stage, they don't think about somebody set up that guitar and made that playable for this person. So that's why it's so cool that we got to see a little behind the scenes. Thank you for talking with me.
1: Thank you. Sorry. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much, Alex, and thanks to all of you for tuning in to the Metropolitan Culture Corner. As always, if you've missed any of the interviews over the past nearly two and a half years that we've been doing this, they are all on Metropolitan's official YouTube channel and also available in the form of a podcast on their SoundCloud page. Next month, we'll mark the 30th video in the series. Can you believe it? We could not be more excited to welcome a special guest to mark the occasion. She is a revolutionary journalist with both a doctorate and a punk rock outlook on life. So, Tune in next month for our 30th episode, and in the meantime, please keep supporting local art, music, and culture, wherever you may be.